highest of heights to the depths of the sea. He has a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Going his own way, going his own direction. He was a patient but cunningly deceitful politician, Absalom. And the king said to him, go in peace. So he arose and went. And David would not go get in the way of this, of course. In fact, it seems at this point that David seems to be just resigned to whatever the Lord would have to do. Have you ever been in a situation like that? And I think it's a good place to be when you've finally been broken. You place the stars in the sky and you know them by name. You are amazing God. All powerful, untamable, awestruck with Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Absalom committed treason under the guise of worship. He knew that the appearance of spirituality could work in his favor. So when Absalom went to David to ask his permission to go to Hebron to pay his vow to the Lord, David said, go in peace. Ironically, these were David's last words to Absalom. Upon hearing this, Absalom went to carry on the plot to overthrow David's kingdom. Absalom counted on the hope that most of Israel would see this as a succession and not a treason. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he finalizes this portion of chapter 15. I wish I was just like you. You're so wonderful. And the first chance they get, they'll stab you right in the heart. They'll take you before the media and and slander you because you didn't call them. You didn't respond to their tweet quick enough. You didn't respond to that message quick enough. Your battery died in your phone and you get to it the next day and they're already lighting up the world because you didn't say hi to them. In Proverbs 29, it says, A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. And although Absalom would use the people of Israel to garner support for his own desire to be king, that's what he did. And how often this kind of treachery and treason happens in companies, and it even happens in the church, where there's a man or a woman whose role is to support or help someone in authority or someone in charge. And rather than fulfill that role faithfully, They begin to secretly build support for themselves and they seek to undermine them in an attempt to supplant or take their position. This happens all the time in corporations. This happens even in the church today. And it happens in every vocation because of what? Because of pride, because of jealousy, greed of the human heart. Now it came to pass after four years that Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron and pay the vow which I had made to the Lord. Now some manuscripts will read for, and um, the, the Latin Vulgate, the Septuagint, the Chaldee scriptures, all, all say 40, but there's a handful of other ones that say four. Now, logically, you can, you can, it's very easy in the Hebrew, by the way, and this is one of the things you're going to find in the book of Samuel specifically and in Kings and Chronicles is when they were translating those original scriptures and they were making copies, it's very easy to 
to mistranslate a number very easily. It's, it's literally like adding a dot or something like that. It's very um, easy to do. And so often you'll see discrepancies with numbers, especially in First and Second Samuel. There'll be, there'll be number problems. Don't let that throw you because the numbers don't really change the doctrine. Okay? But this one is pretty easy because David didn't reign. He only reigned for 40 years. Right? And so he's writing toward the latter part of his, but he's still in it. And so this really is four years, and it makes sense too, because it came to pass after four years that Absalom said to the king, Please let me go to Hebron to pay a vow which I had uh, done. And so he, um, he goes to this vow that he had made in Jeshur. Um, you know, the reason he went to Jeshur to begin with is because his, grand, his grandfather, uh, who was um, Telmei, the king of Jeshur, that was Absalom and Tamar's grandfather, because their mother was Maacah, that was one of the wives of David. And so now, you know, this is why he went to flee to Jeshur after he killed David's firstborn son from one of his other wives, he flees to go to Jeshur because that's where his grandfather lives. Up there, he's got exile. He's got, uh, you know, he can stay there and be protected by his great-grandfather. So that's why he went up there. And, that's, and supposedly, he made a vow. <laughs> supposedly, he made a vow. So he goes to Hebron, and this was not only Absalom's birthplace, but also the place where David ruled for seven and a half years. And he says in verse 8, For your servant took a vow while I dwelt at Jeshur in Syria. Now, vows were sacred and binding. Vows are serious business. When you make a promise, when you make a vow to do something. In Numbers chapter 30, it says this, Moses spoke to the heads of the tribes concerning the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. If a man makes a vow to the Lord and swears an oath to bind himself by some agreement, he shall not break his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. So a vow is a very significant thing. And David, even though he was a wounded man and sick, we believe, at this point in his life, David wasn't going to get in the way of his son fulfilling a vow. That, that just wouldn't be David. In fact, David would probably pay the cab to get him up there if he had to, to make sure that his son did fulfill the vow. But Jesus tells us that it's, uh, it's, it's better that we don't make a vow, that we don't swear by anything. It's better not to make any vow. Don't make a vow. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So whether he really took a vow or whether it was just him being deceitful, we really... We really don't know. But isn't it true that there's nothing new under the sun? Solomon said that. There's nothing new underneath under the sun. And Paul, speaking to Timothy, his protege, he said this, Know this also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Now, as I read this, I want you to think about Absalom and David. Perilous times shall come, and, and he's speaking of the days that we're living in now. And, and even further in history. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Was Absalom a lover of self? I think he, he probably was. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, tra- excuse me, traitors, 
petty, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Notice this, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So Absalom is thinking, oh, I got this vow, Dad, I got to go fulfill, and I got to go do my offering, my sacrifice, I got to do all this. And here he's acting all pious and religious, but deep in his heart, it's none of that. He has a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Going his own way, going his own direction. He was a patient, but cunningly deceitful politician, Absalom. And the king said to him, go in peace. So he arose and went. And David would not go get in the way of this, of course. In fact, it seems at this point that David seems to be just resigned to whatever the Lord would have to do. Have you ever been in a situation like that? And I think it's a good place to be when you've finally been broken. You know, it takes a while. It takes a long time for a person to be broken. Not everybody is broken. We're all going through the process of continually being broken. But I'm talking about when you're broken, when your will is finally broken. When you finally get to that place in your life where you've tried everything, you've done everything, and you're suffering the consequences for it, and you're laying at the, at the bottom of some jail cell, or you're laying, you know, you're, um, you're, your life is just a complete mess, and you're at the point where you're like, oh God, I've done all this, and Lord, I deserve everything you got. I deserve all the punishment. I deserve all of the consequences for this sin. And then when you finally say, Lord, I, I give it all up, and they really mean it in their heart, and they finally break, and they're just like, Lord, just take me, whatever you want to do. That, that's where I was. And I'm still, the Lord is still breaking me. I don't want to sound like I'm there, because none of us are really there. We're continually being sanctified, right? But being broken is a really good thing. And David here, he's just, Lord, whatever you want to do. That's a beautiful place to be in. And for a human being to get to that place, it takes sometimes, most of the time, it takes a long time. Some people are in their 70s and their 80s before they finally give it all up. And they're just like, Lord, I've lived a life of debauchery. I've been a criminal all my life. I've, done, I've, I've been a, an idolater. I've been a fornicator. I've been an adulterer. I've been all these things. I've been a thief. I've been a cheat. I've been a sneak. I've been everything in between. And Lord, you've allowed me to live, and I still got breath, and, and they crack like an egg, and they come to Christ. It's a wonderful thing to be broken. And I believe David at this point is such a beautiful place. But usually people don't get here unless they really go through it. There's a process. And what David had went through in his life, what he's already seeing, what God has already told him is coming, and it begins to happen, and David's like, Okay, Lord, you got my attention. You've been faithful to me from the moment I stepped out of that field tending, tending to those sheep when you anointed, when you had Samuel anoint me at my father's house. From that moment, God, you've been with me every step of the way. You've allowed me to be the king over Judah, and then you allowed me to be king over all of Israel, and then you allowed me to finally to bring the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. What a blessing that was, and now I've got this palace, and I've got all these people, and everything is great, and it's great, and then I mess it up, and I look at her. I look at Bathsheba and I have to have her, so he has her. And then to cover up the, the baby that's forming in her womb, he's got to quickly get, his, get her husband to, to be with her. And he's a more man of God than David is. And he says, I can't touch her while my brothers are out in the field. I'm not going to do that. So David goes, the only way I can cover this up is I've got to kill this guy. So he does. He has him killed. 
And now to think after all that, he's just, he's broken. He's had it. And now he's reaping the, the rewards. He's reaping the rewards because the wages of sin is death. And he's seeing it played out. And that's a hard thing to see. And it's usually when we experience really tough things like that. Even though you've been forgiven, and I would encourage you to never let go, and we're going to have to end here because we got a lot more to go through. But I want you to just think on this tonight. Even though you've been forgiven, and even though you still may be dealing with difficulties from those things of your past, and many of us do, Aren't there things in your life that you could just wish you could go back and just undo? Like maybe you could go back in a time capsule and go back to a specific date. A specific date and then and to be encounter the very same thing where you really messed up. You did something, you said something and and, all, and you would just love to go back and go back to that spot and put, press the play button again and then do something different how we would all love to do that and to avoid what we are experiencing today. It could be a divorce. It could be kids out of that first divorce of yours. And now the kids are a mess because they never saw you and your, your spouse together and you broke up and you fought like cats and dogs and, and now they don't want anything to do with either one of you and now they're living in somewhere else out in the country. One is out in you know, Washington State, the other one's in Key West, another one's in Maine and the other one's in the Southern California, just as far apart as they can be from one another because they don't want anything to do with you because of that past that you would just love to go back and say, Lord. And let me encourage you with something. And we'll, we'll have to end here. Never let go of the promise that I spoke to you early. Go with me, please. Because there, I know there's a couple people in this room, probably maybe more than that, that really need to hear this. Go with me to 1 John. And again, I'm a broken record tonight, but I, I got to do this. I feel compelled to do this. So let's go to 1 John chapter 1. And again, this is something we have heard over and over again. And I hope you hear it again and again and again because it's a promise that I think if most people would take for for true and to live in that reality, their lives would be so much different. But instead, they're they're taking pills because they, 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 they don't feel forgiven. They don't think they're forgiven even though they've asked God to forgive them for whatever sin it was, right? But they don't feel forgiven. And let me say something else. Your feelings will lie to you. Never go by your feelings. If David went by his feelings, he probably would have committed suicide. He had to believe in the promise of God, as do we. We have to believe what God has said. And the, 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 to the extent that we believe this, that we're going to read, and you know what I'm going to read, to the extent that we really believe it and we grasp it and we act in, in accordance in faith to it and say, you know what, I have sinned, God. I've, I've asked you to forgive me. Please forgive me, God. And give me the gift of repentance that I won't do this again. If you believe what the Word of God says, you can walk away from that moment with God as if you had never done it. Can you imagine? Most of us, when we do something, we can ask God to forgive us. We may feel Okay, I'm forgiven. But then we go along and we, we beat ourselves up for a few days to make us feel better about ourselves. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. If that is your case, then you are atoning for your own sin. If you beat yourself up, 
and you allow the enemy to beat yourself up, I believe you're not allowing God to do what he would like to do with this scripture. Let's read it together. It's in 1 first, first John. Let's start on verse 5. It says, this is the message, John says, which we have heard from him, from Jesus, and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if we say, and notice John is including himself in this. Please take notice of that. Yes, the great Apostle John, he uses pronouns. This is one place where pronouns are good (laughs) in our culture. (laughs) Pronouns that are written are okay because they're referring to a certain person, okay? And it's speaking of him, John, the male, okay? If we say that we have no sin, notice he includes himself right in it because he's a member of the church as well. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess... If we confess our sins, he, Jesus Christ, is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If there's one verse, church, family of God, brothers and sisters, that you memorize, memorize this one. Seriously, this week, memorize this. Memorize not only the scripture reference, but memorize it in whatever Bible you have, and you remember that verse because the devil is going to challenge you on that, and your own flesh is going to say, I don't feel forgiven because of what I've done. Well, did you ask God to forgive you? Yes. Then why are you still wallowing? Why are you still acting like you just committed the sin when God has forgiven you? The only one who's looking at it is you. When we confess it and he forgives us and he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, basically the blood of Christ is covering that thing. God looks down and goes, I don't see it. But yet we're going, yes, Lord, it's here. Let me show it to you. I don't see it. And yet we're still walking around like the wounded. I don't know if I'm forgiven. And there's people that I love people that I know that are still stuck there. They're real believers, but they just won't. It's not that they can't. They, did, they will not for some reason. You know, the devil has done some tricky stuff to our hearts and our minds in this corrupt world that we live in. We stop believing in what God says. Instead, we believe the enemy's lies and we believe what we're feeling inside. Don't you? I don't know about you, but beware of your feelings. Don't be led by your feelings. There are so many you know, destructive things that happen when we follow our feelings. Well, just do what the you know, just do what you're feeling. No, don't do what you're feeling. Stop and think about it first. For heaven's sake, you got a brain. God gave you a brain. There's all kinds of chemicals going on in your body, endorphins and everything going, you need to do. And, and, and the devil's going, yes, you need to do that. And, and the Lord's going, don't do it. <laughs> and we're like, I'm going to do it. It feels right. I'm going to do it. And then finally you do it, and then, you're, and then you end up in jail. And the devil goes, I thought you'd do it. Everybody else did it too. And God is going, my poor child. Slow down. Stop. What was that stop, drop, and roll? Remember Dick Van Dyke did that, that thing about fires and stuff like that? That's a pretty good thing. Except don't roll, just stop and drop, okay? 
Stop and drop on your knees and ask God to forgive you. Stop and drop and believe what he said. And if he, if he, if he is, is faithful in what he said, then you can walk away from that moment as if you had never sinned that sin. You can walk away from the guilt of it. Now, are you going to forget about it? Chances are you're not going to. But when the devil or your flesh comes and says, you are just like David, and you can say, you know what? But David also knew that he was forgiven. You read Psalm 51 and you read Psalm 32, and you see that David knew that he was forgiven. He knew that he was forgiven, but he knew there was consequences. And boy, they're a bitter pill. They are a bitter pill. And so if you're experiencing those circumstances tonight, don't ever lose sight of the truth that you've been forgiven. Because if you don't, you're going to walk stunted. Your growth in the Lord is going to be stunted. You're going to be trying to atone for your own sin. And you're not God. I'm not God. I can't pay the price for my sin. There's one who paid the price. Trust and believe in Him. Amen? Let's stand and pray. Hmm. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word says that your word was written for our nurture, our admonition. It was there for instruction for us, instruction in righteousness. Lord, it's there to bring conviction. It's there for our learning. It's, it's for all of these things, God. And, and tonight, Lord, help us as we go through this very difficult uh, period in David's life where he's experiencing these things. Lord, help us to not be... Um, dissuaded and um, overtaken, Lord, by the consequences that we may go through, even from past sins that you've already forgiven, Lord. Help us not to walk in that any longer, Lord, but to walk in newness of life, knowing that you've forgiven us, Lord, and set us free from this stuff, Lord. All it does is it, it just wreaks havoc on us. And Lord, we're already dealing with, you know this, God, this culture, this, these things that are happening in our society, in our country right now, is, is hard, it's hard enough to deal with let alone the the things internally that we're going through right now, knowing our own hearts and our own issues. Lord, please give us freedom. Set us free again, Lord. Even for those of us who know you, Lord, set us free. And set us free from the preconceived ideas that we've heard that, that are not biblical. Set us free from the things that we have put upon ourselves. Set us free from the things that somebody else has told us that's not even in your word. I don't care if they're a pastor or whoever they're at or if they got wings and they're floating. It doesn't matter. God, you alone, your word is everything. And Lord, I pray that you'd set my brothers and my sisters free, set me free from anything from my past. And if I haven't confessed it, Lord, help me today, tonight, before I hit that pillow, to confess every known thing that I can think of, Lord. And you will be free to forgive us and to cleanse us. And Lord, may you just take the weight of that, the guilt, the shame, and just cause it to rise up off of us, Lord, because that is what you purchased on the cross, among many other things. You provided that for us. And may we walk in newness of life, and while the world looks at us and says, you people are crazy, Lord, let us be crazy, but let us be honoring you, Jesus, and glorifying your name. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, that concludes our program for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of 2 Samuel. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.